place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now Aloha, comic book lovers. Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 194, where we recommend and lovingly review the best of the brand new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, January 30th. And this particular podcast is a veritable cornucopia of talent. (laughs) I am your host, friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here, and I hope that you're doing well and your family is doing well and all your loved ones are good because that's very important. Please hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube, all at one place with one name, at Sunspots Comics. So please follow us. We'd appreciate it. And I'd love to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, listeners, Thank you so much for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. There's only 1.21 billion podcasts out there, so thank you for choosing us. Whether this is your first time you're trying us out, or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And thank you to my friend Nick Papa George. He's the dude that sings our sweet Sunspots Comics theme song. I love it. Check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash and his band called Solution. They're on Facebook.com slash Reggae. If you love reggae and rock and just guitar-based feel-good island-style music, you're going to love the sultry sounds of my good buddy Nick Papa George and his band Solution. So thank you, Nick. I really appreciate it. Also, thank you to comic book creator Daniel Warren Johnson for letting me use his face-melting guitar tracks from his band called Bruticus, which, by the way, that's the band name in his comic book that he created called Murder Falcon, which I love and I highly recommend, by the way. So thank you, Mr. Murder Falcon, Daniel Warren Johnson. Please follow him at Daniel Warren Art on everything. So thank you for the metal rockin' tracks. I love it so much. And thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their super giant selection of nerdy t-shirts at popuptea.com. They've got it all and then some. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So thank you so much to popuptea.com. And now, let's make a kneecap shattering superhero landing. Oh, yay. Yeah, I gotta rub that. Oh, right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 194. Starting out with some stuff. That's been floating around inside of my weird, nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobe is three, yes, three comic book movie reviews. Man, there's three of them all at once, coming at you fast. Uh, And of course, spoiler alert, just in case. If you haven't seen these movies, I do recommend you see them. I really don't go heavy spoilery, though, so you really don't have to worry. But just in case, I'm about to review three comic book movies, and I do kind of spoil parts of them. So the first one is the movie Glass. It's written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan? 
I'm sorry, so sorry. Uh, starring James McAvoy, Mr. Xavier, Professor Xavier from the X-Men movies, uh, Bruce Willis, and Samuel Jackson. That's right. Samuel Jackson! He's always yelling at us. And, uh, and also my wife's favorite new actress, Sarah Paulson, which my wife loves when Sarah has these appearances on the Ellen DeGeneres show. You've got to see them. She's just kind of a bit more honest and a whole lot of bananas. <laughs> a lot more honest and bananas than a lot of actors out there. And Ellen just loves scaring her, which uh, is, she does a lot, I guess. <laughs> so check out Sarah Paulson's appearances on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, it's good for some laughs. Uh, but Glass, uh, this takes place right after the events in the movie Split. I do, by the way, recommend watching Unbreakable first, which is, I think it came out in like 99. It's been a long time. Uh, then Split, which came out like a year or two ago. Uh, then Glass. Uh, there's definitely moments where all three movies sort of tie together and you might be a little bit lost or it'll take you away from the movie when you're kind of caught in thought. Like, when did that happen? And did that happen in Unbreakable or... Anyway, it won't leave you completely lost, but it'll just deepen the experience if you've just kind of watched all those two movies kind of recently so that the events that happen in Glass are kind of fresh in your mind. So I definitely recommend seeing Unbreakable and Split, uh, even if you've already seen them. Just kind of refresh and pop them in and watch them, you know, as you're doing, like, emptying the dishwasher or whatever. Anyway, um, the tone of Glass is very dark. It's very dramatic. It's very kind of disturbing, mentally disturbing. And uh, sprinkled in with a dash of some gritty and yet realistic, uh, kind of a realistic approach to comic book goodness. So I really appreciate that. There's a lot of dramatic buildup for a very tight, very short kind of third act of the film. Uh, I was surprised at, at the action in this because I, I felt like, oh man, they're going to let, let us down. There's just so much buildup that maybe it's not going to pay off. It, it was a good payoff as far as the action goodness goes. And I feel like uh, M. Night really just wanted to make a different feeling, dramatic comic book movie, but at the same time kind of hit that sweet superhero spot and maybe a little fan service. You know, he, he's taken some flack, I think, for a lot of his, a few of his last movies. So, you know, he's trying to give the people what they want a little bit more when that's kind of not normally his style, if you've seen M. Night's movies. Um, and I really loved all of the Bruce Willis scenes to the point where... I felt like he wasn't on screen enough. I would like to look at the running time of how much Bruce Willis was in the film Glass, but he was great in it, and I kind of wanted more, and so it left you kind of wanting more. Uh, McAvoy, the 24 personalities from Split, uh, was the primary focus of the movie Glass, honestly, and I really enjoyed all of his scenes and all of these manic character changes that he uh, goes through that McAvoy beautifully portrayed 24 people. Sometimes all at once, it seems like. But it's it's kind of like watching a twisted, dark version of like a Robin Williams stand-up performance. <laughs> That's sort of James McAvoy's performance with uh, this multiple multiple personality disorder split character. So that that's just a, a, a main highlight. It kind of steals the show. It's uh, like the Joker showcase, if you will, in a lot of movies. But uh, overall, I gave the movie four out of five sunspots. Kind of a solid B, almost B-plus rating. Like, it's right there. I think I definitely want to kind of maybe look at it again. Not in the theater, I don't think. I'm going to uh, pay to go see it in the theater again. It's uh, it's it's maybe a buy. 
but if it would have to be kind of low priced it'd have to be like a good deal i don't think i'll buy it like on release day per se so if that kind of gives you the overall gist of my feelings of it but glass uh definitely worth checking out maybe um even better if you saw it on like a five dollar tuesdays that amc has that'd be a good you know deal or if you're able to to cash in some of your premier stubs points on amc to sort of use as a discount that's that's kind of what i recommend so you feel like you're you really, you know, getting your money's worth. Like, if you paid full price, you might be a little like, hmm. You might, it might come down a few points from a solid B slash B plus rating. So uh, there's my review of Glass. Man, it was, it was, it was pretty darn good. I think I want to see it again to really see how I truly feel about it. The second, my second comic book movie review is the movie Polar on Netflix. It stars Mads Mikkelsen. Directed by Jonas Ackerland, and the comic book, by the way, is created by Victor Santos. Written and drawn by Victor Santos. I really want to highlight that, because the comic book is fantastic. Um, <laughs> which I highly recommend. Uh, Polar, the comic book. So, the movie is a huge departure from the comic book, so don't go in kind of expecting to see some polarness going on. Or even expecting kind of a Frank Miller Sin City version of the movie Polar. I, I kind of think of Sin City when I think of Polar... Uh, honestly, because there's a lot of similarities between the two comic books, Polar and Sin City. Especially, they're mostly wordless, and they're mostly silhouetted. And so they have that in common. Um, if you love 90s action movies, like Stallone stuff, or Schwarzenegger stuff, like Cobra or Commando, or just action flicks that have over-the-top violence, blood, gore, drug use, loud gun action... <laughs> Um, the accidental death of a household pet? Yikes. Um, and mix in with just an uncomfortably long sex scene. <laughs> then a Polar's definitely for you. Uh, kind of. Maybe. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is a great actor, but this was kind of that typical emotionless killer, you know, kind of role for him. Uh, there were some serious flashes of fun here in Polar. So I'm not trying to completely knock it down. It just kind of just lacked a unique style, just kind of an overall thematic ongoing flavor. I think that was just, it was just lacking there. Uh, so a lot of it seemed random. And if you're into that, that, then this might be like an A-plus movie for you. If you're just into kind of randomly thrown together violent stuff and insane gross craziness. Um, but it just, for me, falls a little short of just being a great action film is a is a, a good one, uh, you know, okay one. There is a definitely some decent polish for a Netflix movie. I, I feel like they spent a ton of money on this, which some of the Netflix movies I've peeked into, I, I just didn't feel that initially. I felt like some kind of low-end CG, kind of TV quality, kind of cinematography. This didn't have that. It definitely felt like a theater-based movie uh, from Netflix, so kind of hats off uh, for that as far as Polar is concerned. Overall, I gave it 3.5 out of 5 sunspots here. Like a like a solid C rating. You know, maybe maybe a sprinkle into the C plus right in there. Uh, it's definitely um, worthy of a better score of 19% on the tomato meter rating. That that was a bit harsh. I would I would have given it a little more than that. I'd like I said 3.5 um, sunspots out of 5. But uh, I I don't think I'll rewatch it on Netflix, but maybe. I'm not really sure. 
Um, but definitely read the Polar comic book by Victor Santos. <laughs> definitely, definitely read that. So there's my review of Polar on Netflix. And the third and final comic book movie review is of the DC animated feature Reign of the Supermen. This is the sequel to the Death of Superman animated movie. And uh, right off the bat, this was leaps and bounds uh, better than the Death of Superman animated film. Yes. You could just kind of skip that. Just pretend like it never happened. This was an excellent, this has an excellent voice cast overall with a lot of actors returning to previously played DC roles. Uh, you got Jerry O'Connell as Superman Clark. You've got his wife, Rebecca Romaine, Stamos O'Connell. I don't know. I guess it's just Rebecca Romaine. And uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, who I love. Dwight Schrute. He plays uh, Lex Luthor. Mr. Luthor. And, uh, and uh, Cress Williams, CW's uh, Black Lightning himself, plays Steel. I, I loved Steel in this, by the way. Uh, oh, and R Rosario Dawson plays Wonder Woman, which I do believe she's played Wonder Woman before. Uh, recognizable. She just has that voice that's recognizable. And Nathan Fillon uh, as Green Lantern. Hal Jordan. Uh, and there's more. I'm only naming a few. There's the whole Justice League is in this. There's a giant you know, voice cast in this. And they're all professional and top-notch. I really respected and enjoyed that part of it. There seemed to be just kind of a synergy uh, between the group, too. Because there are some moments where they're playing off of each other, etc. Um, the art style of uh, DC's animated film, Reign of the Superman, was uh, kind of the same. The same old DC animated look that pretty much is used on all 33 of their animated films. Yeah, there's that many, and to me, they all look about the same. Except for Batman Ninja, by the way. Batman Ninja was a Sunspot uh, Award nominee for uh, Best Animated Film. Beat, of course, by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But go look at that. Go look at Batman Ninja. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend that, by the way. It's the... Pretty much the only DC animated feature that looks just completely different than all of the other DC animated films. But overall, Reign of the Superman, I enjoyed it. I made, uh, I, 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 there was a few left turns uh, from the comics, which is fine. Uh, but they worked. They worked decently. Those little left turns sometimes, as a comic book uh, fanatic, I kind of roll my eyes. But I enjoyed the twists they, that they made here. They, they played them quite well and didn't go kind of too far. You, I, I'm trying not to spoil stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed Darkseid in this. And it seems like they're maybe setting up a third film. Kind of in the... Uh, a third part of this. Making it kind of a complete trilogy. Possibly for Darkseid. So I liked the introduction of him. You got to see a little bit of him. He got to sort of flex his evil villainous muscles. And I think director, director Sam Liu. He just... I, I feel like he just kept a great pace. And he filled it with plenty of action. And there were some characters that that pleasantly surprised me, like Steel, like I was saying. I really enjoyed Steel, and he was a, just a nice surprise, especially those moments that him and Superboy sort of played off of each other. They were fun and great, and uh, and uh, he, Steel was kind of played a bit more like a like an Iron Man character, honestly. I, I liked the treatment here. He uh, Steel had like an like an Iron Man like uh, secret tech lab. With uh, some of the lab being controlled by his, like, cool watch. Which I really dig that kind of gadgetry. So I respected that. So I enjoyed Steel. And one character that I thought was a little odd was the purple-eyed Lois Lane. Uh, she was kind of oddly placed and seemed to just kind of magically phase through walls or something. And show up inside of these 
supposedly quote unquote guarded fortresses. She fortresses. She was just there. She was like, "Hey, I'm in your secret hideout. How's it going?" She did it like four times. You'll see what I'm saying. Each time she did it, it was like, "Is that supposed to be a laugh moment? I'm not sure." But there she was. She was like in Lex's house. She's like, "Hey, Lex." And he's like, "How did what what?" And she shows up in like uh, four or five times that way. And I just I I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be funny or odd or you know that that Lois is a she's a she's a Spitfire. She's a finds her way crawls through windows i don't know but they, they played it kind of strange uh, maybe she's just secretly able secretly able to like flash phase through walls maybe maybe that'll be in the third film anyway uh so reign of superman overall i gave it a 4.25 out of five sunspots yes it's a good solid b b plus i would I'd definitely lean towards the b plus i bought it so that tells you right there something and I would definitely watch it again. I want to pop it back in and see if I catch other things or whatnot. It's got a great run time. It's just like a little over an hour. Uh, I admit, I am not the biggest fan of the DC animated features for that main reason that they kind of, they all look the same um, and have the kind of same tone. And they, they just, uh, I don't know, they don't grab me a lot of them. There's, there's a handful that do, but most of them don't. I mean, there's 33 of them, but... Reign of the Superman, I really enjoyed it, and they made some tweaks to have it look a little different at times, and it was a lot of action, and I definitely would give it a go. Give Reign of the Superman a watch. It's definitely worth it. And now those are, those are my three comic book movie reviews, so I'm moving on to another thing that's lodged up inside of my nerdy brain really good, is the announcement that the DC Universe streaming service is going to be doubling its comic book library by the end of March 2019. That's fantastic. That's great news. So if you already have a subscription, you're going to just be happier getting more content. I love that. Uh, some of the new comics include some great DC runs, like Grant Morrison's Animal Man is in there, and a bunch of Batman runs from Neil Gaiman, from Scott Snyder, and even Mr. Tom King, Eisner Award Batman writer Tom King. And... It's a big deal because DC is not on Comixology, so it's really the only place to read DC Comics digitally. And you can already read a ton of DC Comics on the DCU app. So hats off to DCU um, for just doubling it coming up in March. Uh, you made my $5 per month investment even better. So I appreciate that. You surprised me there. Uh, if they just kept it with the content they have with all the DC Comics you can read on the DCU app, I would have been fine with that. It would take uh, three lifetimes to read everything that's already there. But they're going to double it in March. So, uh, by the way, DC Universe, uh, the online streaming service, if you don't have it, get it. It's totally worth the five bucks a month. Uh, go to DCUniverse.com to get more information. And I think they still have a free trial for it. So, uh, hats off. Great job. Doubling its comic book library, DC Universe streaming service of comic books you can read on the app. It's great. And the last thing floating around inside of my nerdy brain is that I'm actually making my very own comic book and it's called Zombie Destroyers. And I created Zombie Destroyers. I'm doing the writing and the lettering and art is done by Jordan Hudson. Please follow him at Skablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. Check out his stuff. He's a fantastic artist. And our colorist, Caroline Nalasco. She's at Carol N Art. So please follow them and uh, help them out and check out their stuff. And to get a glimpse of what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers to see the glorious three colored sample pages. So check it out. 
Next, I just want to quickly mention one of my favorite segments, maybe my favorite segment on the show. It's called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is the interview part of the Sunspots Comics Podcast where I get to share some great conversations with some amazing comic book creators. For example, please check out the newest Spotlighting interview with comic book creator, writer, and artist Daniel Warren Johnson. He created, wrote, and did the art for two of my favorite comic books, Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Skybound Comics. Which, by the way, both of those comics have been top Sunspots Comics picks of the week on numerous occasions. They're just top-notch comics. We talk about his process of making comics. We talk about how, to, how he got into the comic book business and just so much more. I'm just a super fan of Daniel Warren Johnson's work. And he is a comic book creator that I highly respect. Uh, plus, as I said earlier, I played two of his metal-shredding guitar tracks on the intro and outro of this very podcast and of the Daniel Warren Johnson Spotlighting Podcast. So you can hear, the, there's a total of four tracks, so you get to hear them all. Two here and two on the other podcast with me interviewing him. But he's an amazing guitarist. So anyway, please check out Daniel Warren Johnson's uh, interview that I just had the pleasure of talking to him and getting to meet him and get him to know a little bit. It's great. Uh, but it's on our Sunspots Comics podcast feed. And there are a bunch more interviews that are coming, and there's a bunch of spotlighting interviews already there on the feed, so just check them out. They're on the Sunspots Comics feed. You'll see them. They'll say spotlighting, a bunch of interviews. Also, if you work in the comic book business already, or maybe you're trying to break into the comic book business like myself, let's have a fun chat about comic books right here. That's right, right here. I will happily help you promote your comic book. Of course, the only qualifier is I do have to genuinely enjoy your comic book to promote it, of course. But that said, please send me a message and a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set up a nice little comic book chit-chat. So now, on to the heart and soul, the centerpiece, the main event of the Sunspots Comics podcast which is our comic book recommendations. I am about to share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out on New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, January 30th. And just in case, here is a super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But seriously, don't worry. I really just want to inspire you to go buy these comics so I will not be spoiling them in a heavy way. It's just very lightly spoiled. I never discussed the last few pages at all, and I only discuss some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book. But just in case, you've been super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before I get into the top comic book picks, let me announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week, I pick what I believe to be the best comic book art of the week, you got to put your eyeballs on these immediately. You will be so happy that you did. This week's cover artist winner of the week is David Mack of Fight Club, Volume 3, Issue Number 1 from Dark Horse Comics. Follow him at David Mack Kabuki, with a K there, Kabuki. Uh, let me first discuss this glorious cover as I just right now gaze upon its greatness. <laughs> I'm looking at it as we speak. Uh, David Mack has this crazy kind of style where it looks like he draws on some paper, cuts out pieces, and kind of slaps them all together because uh, it there's a bunch of sort of name tags that are all sliced and diced on the cover of this. And, and it's a character, the main character in our comic, the Edward Norton character, 
has suffers from like multiple personality disorder. So you can see all these different names kind of in these cut up little hello name tag kind of things. As this stark white background is kind of like, it's like smoke coming out of these smokestacks. Kind of very London-esque in the, in the very background. But it's all very chalky, all very white and pasty. But then the silhouette of the main character jumping from ripped up name tag to ripped up name tag has the sort of art within its silhouette. And it's white. Most silhouettes you see are black. So it's very different looking, very stark in contrast. Just jumps right out at you with this white, chalky, pale kind of cover. And inside that silhouette of art, there is uh, the hands of Tyler whispering into the ear of Ed, Ed Norton's character. It's like there's a bunch of little nuggets of the story. Like there's even that weird sort of scar on his hands from when he like poured acid on his hands i think in the movie but a lot going on here in this amazing cover that is why mr david mack of fight club volume three issue number one is our cover artist winner of the week you gotta look at it it's it's trippy and now on to the artist winner of the week and it goes to cameron stewart of fight club volume three issue number one from dark horse great piece of art uh get Issue number one, folks. Beautiful stuff. Uh, follow Mr. Cameron Stewart on everything at Cameron M. His middle initial M is in Mary Stewart. And what can I say about these interiors? I mean, man, these things are crazy good. I love this thing that he does um, throughout. He kind of sprinkles it in like every few pages, every three or four pages, where he has this art that's on top of some of the pages. It's hard to kind of describe, but it's it's done to look like three-dimensional images that are actually on the paper, like on top of the image, like like flies, like these horse flies that are on the pages, like kind of crossing over on the panel, even at sometimes blocking the art. It's kind of meant to have this breaking the fourth wall kind of effect, and it completely works. There's more than just flies that you're staring at where things just sort of splat onto the page. And it's absolutely unique. I know it's been done in, in a few ways in the past, but it's very rarely seen. And it is kind of a, it's an immersive thing. It really breaks that that fourth wall. But even just the close-ups of, there's this page, this full kind of, it's like, almost like a nine panel grid page of, of this woman preparing to do this piece of art. And she's kind of, she puts her thumb up to this picture of her dog and it's, it's the way that the blurring of the arm looks to kind of give it this realistic feel. It doesn't have like an over-digitized look to it. It really kind of has this hand-drawn organic feel because of the lovely coloring. But she's also dipping her brush into like oil paints. And there's just a, a real kind of oily feel to them. And she's crying and her mascara's running. And that looks so beautifully done. It looks like a perfect eye, realistic, but colored in a cartoony way. Uh, very close to sort of realistic edge lines here on the uh, the art from Cameron Stewart. So it's beautiful, lovely interior art. It's sometimes it's disturbing, like I said, when you're seeing this close up of an eye and the mascara is running, and it, it's it really does have a, an emotional effect. It's just it's beautiful stuff. Thank you, Cameron Stewart. It's lovely, beautiful art. That's truly inspiring. That is why you, Cameron Stewart, are our of, of uh, Fight Club Volume 3, issue number one. You are Artist Winner of the Week. Easily. You win it. Thank you, Cameron Stewart. In the breakdown. I actually read on my pull list uh, 14 comic books this week. 
And three of them, only three of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's got to be a great comic or I won't be discussing it and telling you about it. And new number ones. I had two new number ones this week and only one of them made it to the top comic book list. That's right. They got to be great or they don't make it to the list. And uh, make sure when I mention that uh, new number one, you definitely grab that. So you can just kind of be in on the fun and the adventure from the very beginning and don't miss anything. So here we go. Here are my top comic book recommendations. This is the list here of what I consider to be the best of the new comic books, the brand new stuff that just came out this last Wednesday, new comic book day, January 30th. I highly recommend you go buy these at your local comic book shop today and please support your local comic book shop. I actually support comic book Comic Madness. It's in Ontario, California. Uh, shout out and hello to the owner, Lee, and the uh, manager, Jeremy. Uh, which, by the way, Jeremy is actually working on a variant cover of my comic book, Zombie Destroyers, for the first issue. Uh, he's working on it as we speak. Um, I can't wait to see it, Jeremy. Uh, get it done soon, because I can put my eyes on it. But, man, uh, please follow Jeremy. He's a fantastic artist. His uh, Instagram is at SkeletonKing82. And uh, thank you again to Comic Madness. Check them out if you're ever in the Ontario, California area. But please support your local comic book shops. They really need the help. And I guarantee if you go into a comic book shop, uh, there's you will find something for everyone. That's what it's really all about. So as I said, there are three great comic books this week that I recommend. So here we go. Coming in at number three is Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, issue number one. And this is from the, this is from Boom Studio, no, it's from a Dynamite uh, Comics. And it's got Kieran Gillen is the writer. And this is uh, artist Casper Wingard. By the way, I love Casper's, Casper Wingard's art in this comic book called Limbo. Check out Limbo, it's from like I think a couple years ago. I absolutely love it. So much neon infused in there. And and then they're in a swamp. It's like swamp mixed with neon. It's great stuff. Check out Limbo. So I'm a big fan of Casper Wingard's art. Uh, by the way, this is the only number one to make the top pick list this, this week. So definitely get this. That is Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt. So the opening sequence This is this single splash page. And it got me immediately. You got to look at this. It's a highly detailed shot of this dead young man amongst this giant pile of rubble like a building had just fallen on him and you get to see this close-up you get to see his pale eyes kind of staring right into your very soul it's chilling <laughs> and then you actually realize there's two more single full splash pages right after the first one so the first three pages are these giant beautiful single splash pages so you really get to kind of see a, a beautiful showcase of amazing art right from the get-go and i really love that it just grabs you and wows you right from the first three pages so thunderbolt um is a superhero comic book but with a twist and i love that the character himself looks like he's just kind of a super genius i think at this point because uh we haven't it all isn't laid out yet they're kind of pacing themselves it's just the first issue but the character looks like he's this super genius and i think he has the ability to kind of time travel or Dimension Hop. I think that's what Thunderbolt is all about so far. Anyway, uh, the setting is in Los Angeles, so I, I can respect that. There's some noticeable landmarks. And uh, and LA is going bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, the aliens have landed. Uh, they're invading. And um, I love the unique 
heroes that get introduced during this alien invasion. They definitely feel fresh. And that's hard to do because just about every superhero has been done, right? So that's a very much a testament to Thunderbolt. Even his character and his design and his superhero suit just kind of feels fresh. And the look of it is just top-notch. I love that. Even the character design, the villain design, is just all very clean and crisp and very on the realistic side with some kind of cartoony coloring. And it also has this Watchmen feel to it. You'll see what I'm saying. It's, there are some... There's like maybe two or three nine-panel grid pages. So whenever I see nine panels on a page, I, I think of Watchmen. So it has that kind of feel and kind of coloring of Watchmen, I think, is what reminds me of it, the tone of it. Uh, but it's a, it was a, there's also a seriously great twist in this and a fantastic cliffhanger, which sells you. It's got to be a great cliffhanger. It's got to just entice you to like need it to where you're like, I got to see what happens at the next issue of Thunderbolt. So... Definitely get this. Get Thunderbolt from Dynamite Comics. It, I mean, will Los Angeles survive the alien invasion? Will Thunderbolt and his group of superheroes save us? Well, you got to tune in next month, true believers. Anyway, I added Thunderbolt to my pull list, and you should absolutely do the same thing. It's great stuff. Thunderbolt. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt. Issue number one. And coming in at number two is Fight Club, volume Three, issue number one. This is our cover artist winner of the week with David Mack and our artist winner of the week with Mr. Cameron Stewart. And this is actually written by uh, the actual writer, the screenplay writer of the Fight Club movie, uh, which is cool because it's like it's in the same house. It's his uh, creation. It's Chuck Palahniuk. I'm very sorry if I messed that up, but that's I think that's how you pronounce it. But... Right from the get-go, of course, spectacular cover, spectacular art. It just will wow you right from the get-go. And I gotta say, <laughs> I had to read this twice. And I, I, I feel like I should have given it a third read, honestly. <laughs> because it is a bit confusing. And there's a whole lot going on here. But in a really good way. Uh, and there is almost no dialogue in this. So it's a very quick read. But you gotta stop and study what's happening here visually. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, every single panel is gorgeous, so you'll have no problem just kind of sitting there looking at this lovely art. Uh, so what I figured out so far, again, spoiler-ish semi, because there's so much happening here, is the Ed Norton character from the 1999 Fight Club movie, uh, who has this multiple personality disorder and has this emerging personality, this anarchist, Tyler Durden, who's played by Brad Pitt, um, goes to a job fair, the, the Ed Norton character. And he just kind of seems uh, that he's just not that happy. His lady friend, wife, girlfriend, I'm not sure, uh, is pregnant. And they do have a young son. Some of these events happened in Volume 2 of Fight Club. But it seems like the Norton character, I'll just call him Norton, because I, I think they call him the narrator in this. I don't think they actually name him. But uh, Edward Norton feels very kind of stuck in his normal, boring life. And again, this is done with art. There's no narration you just get that kind of feel. He's just this sort of sad. But um, I guess he just must be... It must be kind of boring after all the events, the craziness that happened in Fight Club Volume 2. Um, then we get these other characters that are introduced that seem like their sort of thread is not connected. At least for now. And there's this woman. She's painting a picture of her dog that recently died. This lovely, like, kind of golden retriever, I think. 
And uh, like I said, there's there's this moment where she's crying, looking at the picture, and she wants to sort of paint, make a painting of her, her lovely canine companion that is gone. But then there's like, there could possibly be this magical element to the frame that she bought, that she's using for her painting of her dog that passed away, that she bought at like a thrift store for 50 cents. Um, because there's this man that's on the hunt for this frame, and we get to kind of see what this frame can do. Uh, it's a bit mind-bending, so maybe we're actually getting this sort of introduction to a supernatural artifact in Fight Club, maybe? But, um, anyway, and then there's also this Agent of Chaos woman. You can tell, she, at the very beginning of the comic, she writes this very anarchist-like article at the beginning. And, uh, she's on a hunt for, to get some Tyler Durden, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she's on the prowl. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. That's uh, just uh, that doesn't tell you everything, um, and it doesn't feel like they're all connected quite yet. And uh, it looks like uh, the Fight Club situation is uh, gearing back up. But it's stunning art. It's a, a weird but very interesting premise that is Fight Club Volume Three. Uh, give me more, like right now, please. And uh, of course, don't forget rule number one of Fight Club is uh, don't tell anyone about Fight Club. <laughs> But here we go now! On to the number one top comic book pick of the week! This is the Jedi Master, the King, the Supreme Leader! The number one top comic book pick of the week is... <laughs> Ice Cream Man, issue number nine. Ice Cream Man is from Image Comics, and this is uh, written by Mr. W. Maxwell Prince, and this is fantastic cartoony style, but realistic and disturbing art. From Mr. Martin Morazzo. Beautiful colors by Chris O'Halloran as well. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Man, what can I say about Ice Cream Man? It's it's so disturbing and twisted. There are very few comic books nowadays that actually surprise me. And each issue of Ice Cream Man is almost a single issue standalone. It's like to encapsulate what it is, what Ice Cream Man is, is like a it's like a modern day Twilight Zone, the best way to, to describe it. But every month, I'm just pleasantly surprised and horrified at the same time. <laughs> That's what Ice Cream Man's about. Uh, just when I thought I kind of understood the Ice Cream Man character, like who he is, this kind of muse of misery, they give us an origin story here, here in issue number nine that just kind of flips the expectation of what you thought Ice Cream Man was kind of leading to be. And I love it. Love it, love it, love it. If I were to guess, uh, again, uh, this doesn't say too much, but maybe they're like these... Because Ice Cream Man kind of has the polar opposite, like his brother who's kind of a cowboy. So like, there's a cowboy man and the Ice Cream Man. But maybe they're like these ancient godlike alien beings that actually created humans as an experiment. Because there's some conversations going on here that may lead to that. My favorite sequence, I think, might be, speaking of that, these conversations with their uncle. He has, the uncle has this kind of, this, this vernacular, this very Yoda kind of vernacular style of talking uh, where he kind of speaks in riddles um, but he but he very much gives off this this warmth to kind of like uh, you know every uncle you sort of dream of in your mind and he's just sitting there talking to his weird alien nephews but uh, kind of laying down some rules and and really wanting them to have a good life is kind of what is conveyed here in a weird way and they're on kind of a a strange planet that's very kind of Tatooine-like, or it's just, it looks like it's a desert landscape, like Arizona, 
but maybe maybe millions of years ago. I'm not sure. They kind of hint to that as well. But I love those sequences where they're, you know, Cowboy Man and Ice Cream Man are sitting down with their strange, mutant, maybe godlike alien uncle. <laughs> but um, uh, it's life on this planet that they're on kind of seems to hang in the balance, but they're discussing it so very casually, like a typical kind of dinner table conversation. So it's like, what are they choosing to do here with this planet? Like, are they that powerful? Are, are they th- these, like, omnipotent beings, possibly? Um, and they're just these, like I said, loving, tender moments with this good cowboy alien nephew and his, oh, and his wolf companion. I love, I'm just looking at these panels when the good cowboy alien godlike figure is there with his his wolf companion and they're lovely that's the other part of it that i absolutely love their companionship their partnership these moments they have together where they're just playing and he's throwing a stick and they just have this this mutual sort of respect for each other and they go everywhere together and doesn't have a leash on this uh, wolf dog and they just have these great moments together on the on the plains like these cow you know the horses tied to a tree and it's it's those it's that lovely imagery that you can kind of expect in most westerns and i love that aspect it just flipped the whole ice cream man story on its head and that's why the it most definitely is earning of the number one comic book pick of the week if you haven't read ice cream man issue one through eight please go do it you'll be so happy that you did it's uh twisted and dark and weird and like i said the ice cream man himself is this muse of misery but uh the cowboy man is hot on his trail and uh, there's, I think it's leading to a showdown, leading to a, a standoff, uh, eventually between the Cowboy Man and the Ice Cream Man. But it's uh, one of my favorite horror comics of all time, and uh, it was definitely a horror um, a nominated for a Sunspot Award uh, for best horror comic book, beat out by Baby Teeth. But it's fantastic. Go get Ice Cream Man, all nine issues, and just enjoy them and live in this twisted, weird world where the Ice Cream Man uh, does some. Seriously, dastardly deeds. But uh, there you go. That's our uh, that's our list of fantastic comic books that we recommend to you this week. Those are all of them uh, for the new comic book day, January 30th, for Wednesday that just passed for new comic book day. Let me quickly lock the comic book vault door. There you go. Please go to a local comic book, comic book shop and buy these immediately. I highly recommend them. And if you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation for me just send me an email to chris at sunspotscomics.com i will definitely try to make a personal comic book recommendation to you if you send me an email and also to see the entire sunspots comics universe encapsulated in one place with all of my favorite picks of the week since i started the podcast may of 2015 can't believe it's been that long just go over to sunspotscomics.com click on the pull list to see the just updated 90 comic book titles that i'm currently reading There's some great stuff there. Also, click on Top Comic Book Picks of the Week. That's where you'll see every top past comic book pick there on my site. I update my little site every single week. I'm very proud of it. Please check out sunspotscomics.com. And hey, how would you like some free comic books? Well, check this out. On the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 191, I actually gave away Conan the Barbarian, issue number one. And from time to time, it's just a thank you to you, the listener. 
We give away free Marvel Digital Comic Books in Sunspots Comics podcasts. And there are still some unclaimed codes available. So just listen to past Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on the feed. Grab the Marvel Digital Code that I usually read towards the beginning of each podcast. Then go to marvel.com slash redeem to punch in the code and see if you won. It's that easy. So go get them and good luck. And also thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. Fun stuff. Just use your HP Reveal app and your smartphone in front of a Cryptid Zoo t-shirt and they come to life. There's like this video presentation that activates from putting your smartphone near the front of the shirt. You gotta see this, it's crazy. Most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of your order. That's right, go to cryptidzoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 195 of the SUNSPOTS COMICS podcast. I have 15 new comic books on my pull list to read for New Comic Book Day, February 6th. And four new number ones that I'm definitely going to check out next week. So I hope they're excellent so I can recommend them to you. But of course, don't forget our Sunspots Comics podcast pledge. We will read them all and only tell you about the greatest of the new comic books so you can save some time and save some money. And please help us out if you have a few minutes by telling a nerdy loved one about the Sunspots Comics podcast. And please give us a five-star review with just a few positive words. If you do so, I'll even give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I will mail you a comic book prize package as just a small thank you from me, personally. And by the way, everything I discuss, every comic book, every link, every website, every movie I review, everything, there's a bunch of links in this podcast's notes, so please check those out. I spend a lot of time on them. I'm very proud of them, so check them out. And most importantly, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope... You sincerely have a great rest of the day. I hope you enjoy the recommendations that I give to you. They're fantastic. They're three great comics. But now, go on. Spend some quality time with the ones that you love by reading comic books together. Try it. You're going to love it. Be water, my friends. To be continued.